0: This is uh, No One Likes the Tuna Podcast, the world's premier dedicated Fast and Furious podcast. I can't, there's only so many ways you can do an intro, right? I don't Mm -hmm. know how other podcasts do it, keep it fresh. Mm -hmm. Do they? Or is it like, I think they just have better intros than us. Our intro kind of sucks, but it is our intro. So this is No One Likes the Tuna Podcast, the world's premier dedicated Fast and Furious podcast. My name is Nick Nocera. And I'm Daryl Wong. And Daryl, um, we every week we watch a Fast and Furious movie. Um, and we're back again, back at it with um Tokyo Drift this week for the twenty fifth time.
1: It's a lot of times. We took a little break last week to uh to watch Enola Holmes 2.
0: Enola Holmes. Mm hmm. My favorite movie, Daryl's not favorite movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, we're back, going straight at it. Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. How was your watch this week?
1: I had a nice watch today. Mm. The Mm -hmm. temperature has dropped significantly in New York. We're into the 30s now. Extra chilly. And to a point where it was actually very nice to stay home for most of this weekend here and watch this movie this morning. So I had a nice watch there.
0: Cool. It's kind of a cozy movie.
1: Oh, yeah. And yeah. I mean, after 25 watches, the coziness level only increases.
0: <laughs> totally. I mean, I think it would be a cozier movie if the main character was in any way admirable or, like, attractive to us as an audience. Mm-hmm. But he's not. But that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Um, it's still, like, my watch through was excellent. Can I say that? Mm -hmm. My watch through Mm -hmm. was excellent this week. I had a straight, good old-fashioned classic, I'm going to sit down in front of the TV and watch this start to finish watch through. Mm -hmm. And um, none of this, like, fucking around on, like, the phone in the car business, right? Right.
1: (laughs) I did the same. I watched it on a TV, sitting on the couch, paying attention.
0: And um, good movie. That's the thing about this one. (laughs) It's, Uh like, it's... It's pretty good, and I had a great watch through, and I really liked it. Um, have you ever been to, like, a Japanese bath as depicted in this movie?
1: Hmm. I have not. I have been to a Korean spa.
0: Yeah, me too. Spa Castle? Spot. talking about Spa Castle? Spa Castle. Castle. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I think we've discussed, we may have discussed Spa Castle on the pod before. I can never remember mm-hmm. what we've talked about. But, um, big fan. I'm a big fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, um, I mean, in the Japanese version of this, do they is it a full nude thing normally? Or are they
0: Well, clearly not as depicted in the movie. Right. Um I don't know. Was your spot castle experience full nude? So there's
1: a in the bot- in the locker room area, you split yes. off into both men's and women's, and directly attached to the locker room area is a full nude section that you can go to. Otherwise the upstairs stuff is you wear your you wear your robe.
0: Yeah, totally. Totally. And and that was my experience did you go to the one in Flushing? Because I know there's one in Manhattan and one in Flushing.
1: Yeah, I went to the one in Queens.
0: Yeah. The Flushing one is nice. Huge. It's like five oh, yeah. stories of like crazy <laughs> bath spa stuff. It's amazing. the roof with roo- the rooftop pool. A yeah, rooftop area. pool and bar. Mm-hmm. Um full bar on the roof too I do like the like there's there's something special about like just getting your dicks out with a bunch of guys at my <laughs> asshole and, like ha- hanging out in the locker room yeah right there's just something really special about it that's like nice and feels like old timey and good uh-huh. and you're like huh yeah guys this yeah look these are our bodies guys <laughs> like let's all just chill yeah <laughs> Just sit. Let's just sit in this uh, hundred and ten degree room. Uh huh. Is is your when you go to a regular? Have you do you ever go to a regular gym? No, no. You you yeah no. You don't go to like a workout gym. Yeah. No, no. Okay. Well, you don't need. It. I'm not saying you need. <laughs> no, not saying you need it. Um, I do on occasion go to mm-hmm. a workout gym. Um, and I definitely go to these pools that are in the middle of Auckland, um, which are a workout gym, but like you can sort of get a pass for just the pools or you can get a pass for the gym and the pools, Mm -hmm. like cheaper to just go. So if I just want to take a dip and do a hot tub, I get the just the pools thing. It's a big, like Olympic size swimming pool in the middle of the city, which is awesome. Um, but Uh, It's not like there's a separate men's... It's not the Spock Castle where there's like a million spy rooms. There's like two. There's a steam room and a hot room. Mm -hmm. But um, they're not... They're all like co-ed mixed. Keep your bathing suit on, please. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But in the locker room of a gym, I'm like a... I'm taking it off. I'm walking around. (laughs) You know? Uh I'm not showering with my bathing suit on i'm taking it off it's a locker mm-hmm. room i don't know. You know do you find that i mean offensive i don't to your sensibilities no. no not at all i don't find it offensive but when i
1: think about it i don't like i'm not usually in that situation i think if i'm at like a if you're at like a public pool even if there's a men's and women's thing i feel like the walking around full nude is not usual it's like a thing that's reserved
0: for old geezers if you're an old geezer well, that's my 100 goal <laughs> right yeah. it's to like hang out with Geese the old chinese up. guys at the pool right? yeah, that, no. that's 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 all i want
1: uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. i was trying to like give them a what's up like not yeah. to them they're never they're never they're they're always like okay you, yeah leave yeah <laughs> like, like you're not in dude like <laughs> they're all hanging out eating like caramel bars and like having a nice time <laughs> uh-huh
1: uh-huh yeah reading the uh reading the asian newspaper keeping up with the times that absolutely sort of thing. they're like
0: chain smoking on the sidewalk outside <laughs> before they go in it's unbelievable i love those uh-huh. guys
1: uh-huh um
0: yeah so i do everything in my power to emulate those guys including going like <laughs> like full nude Hanging out in the locker room, uh-huh, sitting down sometimes just talking to somebody, you know, yeah, <laughs> put,
1: <laughs> put the up a leg up over there, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I like I don't think it's offensive, I don't think it's like against my sensibilities, but I think depending on the type of locker room, the layout of the place, I think matters as well, yeah, I wouldn't totally. I wouldn't personally be like. Walking up and down the place, like taking the time to like stand there in the bathroom, full nude, brush my teeth, go for a mm. shave.
0: I think Yeah, that's... I'm not, I don't think I'm doing that. <laughs> okay. I'm not doing that. But okay. what I am doing is like, I'm at the locker. Yeah. I change into my gym stuff. Uh-huh. I go work out. I come back. I take my gym clothes off and I don't, I don't make, I don't, I just sling the towel and I walk to the showers. Yeah. I'm not making the effort to like enrobe myself in a towel or like even tie it around my waist to like go right. walk I hate walking the, with a towel the, around my waist. The my towel life. is clean. The towel is clean and the you clean. I just I'm finished dirty. workout. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm just taking my towel, I'm carrying it to the shower, I'm hang- but you know, in that distance, whatever yeah. that distance is, that 50 meter distance, <laughs> you know, I'm hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds fine. You know,
1: that sounds appropriate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We're not, you know, I'm just saying, like, I think we should be comfortable doing that in a 2022 society. Right. You know? And like, I'm not, whatever. Yeah. Boy, we're going to get off that topic. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) so neither of us have been to a Japanese bath and Uh -uh. that's it. That's the end of that story. I do not like the scenes in the scene in this movie, which is a very tropey scene of, like, them sort of figuring each other out. And we may have talked about this before. But him and Neela, mm-hmm. Sean and Neela sort of, like, doing that sort of playful, flirty, I'm going to tell you your life story and then you tell me my life story. And, like, mm-hmm. we're just so innately good at reading people that, well, we're going to nail it. I sort of hate that. I think it takes a very delicate thing to pull that off. It's a little overused. This movie was mm-hmm. came out in two thousand six. Casino Royale, which does the exact same thing, came out a year earlier in two thousand five. Mm-hmm. And um, it's also unfortunate that like it's given to, in my opinion, the two weakest performers in this movie. Um. That like that scene doesn't quite, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a, it's mm-hmm. just like a uh, we're gonna do this. That's my that was my feeling this week.
1: Um, you know, I mean, are you talking about the like script tool itself yeah. of the speaking back? Is there I um, I don't know? Is there an instance in another movie where it's
0: done really well? You said Casino know about, Royale, but you yeah. Didn't like it. I don't know about really well. I mean, Casino Royale is like, it doesn't not work there. It works mm-hmm. okay. But there's a very special circumstance in that movie that we're dealing with when that happens, right? So, that scene happens between Bond and Vesper on the train when they first meet each other. And they're mm-hmm. sort of like being antagonistic, which is really important.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um. You know, versus Neela and Sean, who are sort of flirting with each other in that. Yeah. And They're teenagers. Exactly. And Bond, it's like Bond has this meta contextual element to his that's like, we need to know where this guy comes from because this guy's new to us, right? Mm. We sort of know Brosnan, what Brosnan, and before Brosnan, Dalton, before Dalton, you know, whatever. Like, um, more, and you know, we have this really, really loaded history with Bond. And so that scene actually really helps, like, okay, what's the deal with this new guy? Mm-hmm. Right? Um, And it happens at a nice time. It's like the movie ramps up. It's action. You're sort of setting up his relationship with M. You're setting up, like, who he is, what he's willing to do. He's sort of going rogue. All this shit. And it's like when we get into the sort of the main crux of the movie, boom. Then we start to learn... It's nicely placed. It's nicely put. Mm -hmm. And we're also dealing with like the, this is the Bond girl of the movie, right? Vesper. And so she, Um, first of all, Ava Green is like one of the most stunningly beautiful people in the entire universe, right? And so Mm -hmm. when she walks in, to that movie, and I think that was a lot of people's first experience with Ava Green, if they hadn't seen, like, The Dreamers, or some fucking (laughs) obscure, you know, indie movie from uh, before. Um, I think, like, that being most people's experience with this person, it's like, oh, this is a very stunning, engaging face that I'm looking at. It's stunning, engaging, like, presence on screen. And so, like, you that is a helpful context to have that sort of character clueing. It is ultimately like a shorthand explanatory device to get background information across to an audience about two characters. Mm-hmm. Like, done. Mm-hmm. It just helps to have this sort of metatextual context for it that our audience has built in already rather than like, be so nakedly about just trying to get across information about these characters to your audience. Right. right? Right. I'd much rather have character moments that are specific and weird. You know, if you have a character that walks into your movie and is served lunch and says, Oh, I don't need fish. That's an interesting thing about a character, right? Like that tells you a hell of a lot more than like, I bet you were an orphan who grew mm-hmm. up and always got into trouble. You know, like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want to know about the person who doesn't eat fit. Like, you know, like, what's up with you and fish? Right. That's engaging to me as like a thing versus this nakedly, like, I need to explain about this character to you because I don't have the time or ability to, like, you know, develop that um, organically.
1: Anyway, mm. that's my rant you
0: know,
1: about that. Yeah, I see where you're going with it, and I understand that, yeah, I like the comparison with Bond, yeah, and previous Bonds, and how you're trying to use that moment, the telling of that other character's narrative as a way to develop that, hey, this guy is smart, he's intuitive, he's able to, Not maybe he has some some previous context, but he's reading a lot of that off the spot. And the contrast here with Sean Boswell is that, it doesn't make sense with this character. And they try, you know, they try, like, when they're um, when they're outside of, like, the Pachinko place. Mm-hmm. He's waiting for Han inside. Um, they do do a variation of that moment where he's like, oh, you must be, like, the army brat. And he's taking that line from Twink. And he's mm-hmm. like, you know, let's go with this repetition and see what happens. It seems to have been working for me with Waki. And it's, you know... It's kind of yeah. the showing he's learning on the fly, but very obviously like repeating and flopping and
0: going from there, but that's like that yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying, I hear what you're saying. I would say that's more of like a a motif that the movie is sort of playing again and again, that'll happen mm-hmm. a lot, you know what I mean, and then like. At the end of the film, we get to either subvert subvert that motif or like engage with it, and I think in the end of this movie, he like engages with it. Where mm-hmm. I'm not an army brat is clearly Sean rejecting his father's like authority, right, and rejecting his father in in general. Of mm-hmm. like, I wasn't, I don't know this guy. I wasn't raised by this guy. I wasn't, you know, sort of pushing that that way and the answer for sean uh, in the end of this movie ends up i need to embrace my father and the relationship with my father in order to sort of like grow as a person as Mm -hmm. and as a character so to me that's actually kind of a nice bit right Mm um uh but Yeah, I don't, I just think like the two of them sitting down and then having a date, it's like this explanatory sort of tete-a-tete is less um, a clever way to get across information to your audience and more like I don't really know what to have these two people who are supposed to like each other say to each other on this date. So I'm just going to sort of shorthand it and do this thing and use this time to to flesh out these characters but in kind of... in my mind, a lazy way. Right. Writer's shorthand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they do, however, have a sort of nice conversation about the word gaijin. Mm-hmm. Do you... Have we talked about... Is gaijin, like... Is it, does it have a negative connotation in Japanese?
1: I don't know. Yeah. I'm
0: guessing it does. <laughs> I'm guessing it does, but my only context for it is from... from from this movie, right? right? Or right. from movies, maybe it's t- made up television <laughs> where like there's a white guy in Japan who's like, yeah. and people call him gaijin.
1: You it's know, probably, I'm guessing that it does have a, I'm guessing that it probably has a negative connotation, but my guess here is that it's not as intense as being like a slur, something that you wouldn't say. Otherwise they wouldn't make it such a, uh, yeah, I don't think they would put it, into the movie and the way that it yeah. is, if it were like,
0: I can't right. Swear. I just can't tell if if it like is just a word for foreigner, like the word foreigner. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Where it's like it's not negative connotation, but like Nila because she grew up there and feels you know that childhood rejection is such like a deeply ingrained and in, miserable experience that, like, when you feel like that outsider during childhood, where in this place, the only place you've really known as your home, mm-hmm. then then it sort of takes on this thing. And she's trying to explain that to Sean, I think, right? It was like, I don't like that word because what it, what it means to me is X, mm-hmm. you know? Um, whereas the word itself may just be the word for you know, outsider or foreigner. There's mm-hmm. a word here uh, in New Zealand, um, uh, which is pakea, which is mm-hmm. which is just a Maori word for for the same thing, foreigner or outsider, right? And it's what it's done, I mean, I mean you know, it's sort of become this contextual, I don't, I'm not like a Toreo scholar, so like I don't, I don't, <laughs> I'm speaking a little out of turn here. But um, it is also the word to refer to like white European New Zealanders. Like, people born in New Zealand who are of white European descent are, like, mm-hmm. Pakea New Zealander, right? Um, uh, as opposed to, like, Maori or or something else. So, it's got this, like, contextual element of within New Zealand, but then it's also just this word for foreigner. But, like, neither one are, like, a negative...
1: Mm.
0: It's not, like, a negative, like... That's just... yeah.
1: Maybe that's my just the, the thing, yeah. I'm trying to put it into a situation, and maybe a litmus test for this is if you were um, walking into a bodega, is the term something that they that the uh, guy at the counter might say to you, <laughs> or is it something that as you're leaving, the guy at the counter is talking to his friend <laughs> and addressing you as that? I think that is the test for whether that's or not a good it's test offensive
0: or. You
1: know, right. I mean, offense
0: is a, like. is a strong word, but like right. has a slight negative connotation. Yes, exactly. Like, right, right, right. There's many words that have negative connotations <laughs> that I wouldn't personally be offended if somebody called me. You know, uh-huh. um, right. so and I think that's the that's a good test, right? Is the is the, the guy behind the deli say hey? <laughs> it's <laughs> a perfect test. That's a perfect uh-huh. test. Um, Anyway, what's going on with you? Uh,
1: I like the movie today. I think, yeah um, I think one of the things that I was picking up on is that it doesn't seem like anybody has a superior like moral high ground. It's like everybody seems to be wrong. I think it mm. it in every way shows some of the like hedonistic nature of street racing car culture, and there's like a lot of stuff that they use. Um, just like everybody's got problems, right? Sean's a you know basically a criminal, <laughs> a criminal export from the United States. Like you've got the mafia guy, you've got this unusual, you've got this weird age gap between DK Han and the high school kids. Totally, and you know there's crime, there's danger. Like nobody there is, um, you know, doing this for some sort of. Uh, I don't know, like, positive thing. And I think when I think about some of the later movies, they tried to build in this, I don't know, something there, where, hey, we're doing this and there's a good reason why we're...
0: Yeah, like, give them actual, like, moral stakes Mm -hmm. that are less ambiguous. I mean, the movie is not unambiguous about who's the good guy and who's the bad guy. But I think Mm -hmm. you have a good point of, like, No one is taking the high road here, right? Like, no one is, like, above reproach because everyone's fucking up in some way. Everyone's doing some bad business in some way. And, like, Mm -hmm. everyone has some legitimate grievances for, like, the way they've been treated, Mm -hmm. right? Including DK, I feel like. Right? Like, yeah, he's emotional. He may not be the best leader, you know, uh, but, and like, he's kind of a dickhead because of that, but also like he is being betrayed by somebody he thought was his friend. Right. Mm-hmm. He is like being chastised by his uncle. Who's his only goal is to get his affection. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, we're, we're at this point where, um, what am I trying to say? Um, We're at this point where, like, Brian is this, like, outsider who's coming into his turf and saying, like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but I can do it better than you. And, like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to barge into your world that you've worked for your entire life to cultivate and start, like, make a mischief here, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm
1: -hmm. It's
0: like, uh, no thanks. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. So... Um I I think DK has a legitimate grievance. I mean, that doesn't mean Brian doesn't have uh not Brian. Jesus Christ, Sh- Sean. Sean.
1: Yeah.
0: Whew. Um I mean you can see how this movie positions Sean. Um uh, but uh mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't mean Sean doesn't have legitimate grievances too, and Twink and, and and Han and everybody. Right. Um but yeah, I love that I think that's the thing that really works for this movie is that like yeah, it's kind of like it's not it's kind of a like a western, right? It's like is this movie a secret western? Oh, um yeah. is this movie maybe like a secret western? Interesting. <laughs> um uh uh but you know, it's not like it's not cops and robbers, right? It's not like sheriffs and 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 train robbers. It's like competing bands of thieves that are trying mm-hmm. to sort of just get one more inch in this world. I love yeah. that. I love that part of it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Everybody yeah. has a, you know, kind of like a dark story or a baggage and they're, you know, navigating through and, ex- and kind of expressing and making progress toward whatever thing they're working totally. toward through, you know, throughout the story and interacting with each other and through the driving.
0: Totally. Totally. Um. Okay, my bro. Are you got any mm-hmm. other points? Or you want to go to the old shouties? Mm
1: Last one I have is mm. in our hero scene where they're chasing everybody through Tokyo. Um. I forget that it's totally impractical to use drift style driving to evade <laughs> capture. <laughs> Yeah. When you think about Formula One, you know, grip, cornering, yeah. speed, nobody's drifting around. Grip so is the concept important. concept here, yeah. grip is important for going fast Huge and getting lift. away. Yeah. So yeah, totally. I forget about that. Yeah. I get so immersed in these movies that uh, sometimes I forget that.
0: Drifting is important. Drive straight. In some, in some instances. <laughs> but drive as straight as possible, basically. And take as few turns as possible uh-huh. to avoid capture. Um, no, that's a good point. That's a very good point. I don't know. I'd love to learn how to drift. you know how to drift? Have you ever drifted? I, in no a car I've, no,
1: no, I'm a very safe driver, but I, I would, would like to learn driver. how to drift in a
0: controlled environment. Yes, yeah. what if i like wonder can we do like a crunch on is there like drift class classes Auckland? I don't know. we'll see. Drift Academy International, no experience needed. <laughs> nice. Sick. Nice. Oh. I might do this.
1: Yeah, is it close by?
0: Um t- t- where where is it is the question
1: This seems like something I might be able to do in New Jersey. Dep- this is like a New Jersey. To-
0: this is extremely a New Jersey vibe thing. <laughs> yeah, extremely. Um, is it close by? It's not that close by. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not that close, by, but it's like f- an hour away. Yeah, that's close I might enough. do this.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I might do this. This is incredible. Oh, uh, yeah Yeah, Drift Academy Oh, man Shit. Oh, yeah I might look Provides this up Provides driver That's training for those looking for an introduction to drifting as a sport And for those looking for adrenaline-filled automotive experience We're operating This is rules
1: Yeah I'm going to look this up in New Jersey It sounds okay. like something I might do uh, It sounds like a, something that might be fun to do around my birthday time in Ooh,
0: February Oh, Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Um, All right. Well, uh, should we do some shout-outs here? Yes. All right. We have a little segment on the podcast we like to call Shout-outs. shout-outs. <laughs> um, we, these movies have a lot of product placement in them. We just, in that spirit, felt like we should give some shout-outs to some products and places and things and people and services and opportunities that but we experience in our daily lives. So I'm going to go first this week Can because i, cause I okay. got a quick one. I want nice. to give a shout-out to the McDonald's hash brown. Ooh, nice. I went to go pick up something for my wife this morning. I drove, you know, it's like half an hour away. I drove there. I picked it up <clears throat> on my way back. You know, this is 10, I'm feeling a, little, mm, feeling a little grumbly in my tumbly. You know, I'm like, <laughs> A, I need another coffee. B, mm-hmm. could use a little something. I don't want to go crazy. I don't Mm -hmm. want to go crazy, but I could use a little something. Spotted a McCaff. Drove right in. Ordered a cup of coffee. Or a a large long black with a little cold milk in it also. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I also ordered just one hash brown. Nice. And it's just a potato patty. That's just like nicely fried up. Crunch, crunch, crunch. Gone in two minutes. Unbelievable experience.
1: And it seems like a type of thing, they haven't changed that hash brown recipe in
0: Not in 60 decades. years.
1: Yep. Yep. It's
0: perfect. You know? And
1: I, it's fun to eat out of, you know, if you think about the sleeve as a container and delivery system, works really well for the hash brown. doesn't work so well for the Daryl, French fry.
0: I was thinking <laughs> precisely about this exact thing <laughs> this morning. Okay. Uh-huh. That sleeve is Unbelievable. First of all, it looks so good, right? Mm-hmm. The sleeve itself is just like this perfect little pouch of paper. It right. looks amazing. It it's, it's exactly the amount of barrier I need between <laughs> the heat of the potato pancake and my fingers. Uh-huh. So as I can like hold it appropriately. Uh-huh. And it's got like a sort of slide level technology where I yeah. sort of pinch the bottom and wiggle my fingers. I can produce more potato pancake Uh in the direction of my mouth and continue to sort of like devour it, right? It's it's an incredible piece of technology. I wish more things were sleeved in general. (laughs) Right. Um, Or at least had sort of better sleeves. I think the Hot Pocket sleeve is, I'm anti.
1: Anti. Big difference is that it has holes on both sides.
0: (laughs) Mm, It has holes on both
1: sides. And you, t- you take a bite of that cheesy marinara, and it starts gooing at the bottom. It's
0: to- Completely. 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 The one thing I will say is, like, Hot Pockets have tried to improve that sleeve, and they did mm-hmm. a good job. So I'd say yeah. they get about halfway there, where you cook it in the sleeve, and if you use the sleeve properly, which is you, you, you take two fingers at the bottom of the sleeve, you mm-hmm. push the Hot Pocket almost like a push-pop, uh, mm-hmm. From the bottom of the sleeve, you fold the two ends of the sleeve down to create a shelf that the hot pocket rests on. I see. Munch, 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 munch. Four bites, okay? Uh-huh. Then after the fourth bite of your hot pocket, all right, you there's a little tab oh. that you... Pull on the sleeve uh-huh. and a perforated section of the sleeve Ooh. removes itself, therefore exposing further hot pocket. Which I, come do like. way. I, yeah, I do like. I will say, I do like that part.
1: I didn't have that one before. They just had two sides and there's the holes in the middle. Mm, yeah. In the rib cage. Yeah. The,
0: must be the classic one. Um, They, yeah, the Hanpaka sleeve has made improvements, but I'd still give it maybe like a C Uh, Mm minus. It's a very uncomfortable sleeve to hold. It gets (laughs) soggy. I'm not a fan. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, yeah, shout out to the Hash Brown and even bigger shout out to the Hash Brown
0: sleeve. There you go. There you go. Um, What do you want to shout
1: out to? My shout out this week is to a game, a game that is actually played in Tokyo Drift. Um, I learned how to play Mahjong this weekend. Oh. I was at uh Pedro's house, friend of the podcast, mm-hmm. and he has a set. He's been playing a little bit. Um and we were there, we learned how to play. So Mahjong is a yeah, you know, like a Chinese tile game similar to you know it's a rummy game. It has like beautiful tiles. He had a gigantic square Uh, Mouse pad thing Which is essential for Both the shuffling of tiles And the general Sliding in gameplay But It's super fun I I do think I want to like Brush up on the rules I think I think there was a Certain piece of the gameplay That we were missing Which is why uh, It wasn't going like Super smoothly But I was engaging enough I like the uh, The jumping of turns Using the Pong mechanism And the learning of different chinese characters and overall i think the tactile feel of the game and just the mechanics of it were pretty fun so i recommend Sick, it i'd love to play it again
0: awesome shout out to man. mahjong i've never played i mean a little trouble picturing what it looks like in my head to mm-hmm. be honest with so you. they
1: yeah so they are like white tiles with a green layer Whoa. on the
0: top that's yeah, it looks right. kind of like and they a, play it in that ta- on that table with the, the thing that like yeah. goes up and then they like push all the tiles down. So did so you have a table like that or no?
1: No, we did not have an automatic shuffling table. Bummer. He's actually Han was actually playing it again when Sean uh, leaves his dad's place and then goes and needs a bunk. They're playing yeah. it again in his little uh, balcony lair. So Sick.
0: Han likes to play. Um this is sick as hell, and I would like to learn. Yeah, how to play this,
1: and it's like it's similar to dominoes in that the there's a lot you play a lot of rounds, mm-hmm. so it's quick to kind of learn and figure out, and then restart.
0: Nice, that's amazing. Yeah. Shout out to Mahjong. Mm-hmm. Um, well, my friend, that's it for us. I think so. It's over. Uh, at Nolt Podcast on Twitter, we are. St- we're we're hanging in there on Twitter yeah. um, what else is going on? Uh, no one likes to tune a podcast on Instagram. No one likes to tune a podcast at gmail.com rate and review us on Apple podcasts. That'd be awesome if you did that would love that. Uh, and then uh, patreon.com slash no one likes the tune podcast. I am posting, this week I'm posting the Mechanic Resurrection episode and then we're going to start our Liam Neeson series. Too sweet. So, get on that. Nice. We're going to have a good time. Love it. Uh, Daryl, I will talk to you next week, my friend.
1: Sounds good. We'll talk next week on Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs>